Hello ladies and gentlemen, the best got beat season 2, episode 20. My name is Luke Catfield, as ever. I am joined by the Warsaw correspondent, the Express and Star, the one, the only, Mr. Liam Keane. But it's not just Liam we've got with us today, is it? No, we've got... <laughs> I thought you, waiting for me. you thought you were waiting for me to say something then before you... <laughs> oh mate, don't jump the gun. Don't jump the gun. I had a whole intro planned. Anyway, I'll get straight to it. A massive welcome uh, to a man which... Anyone on Twitter, I'm sure, will know about with a Warsaw persuasion. Uh, it's Rob, Mr. Vital Warsaw. Rob, welcome to the Best Got Beat. How are you, man? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Not a problem, mate. Not a problem. I'm not going to lie. I haven't done the donkey work here. Liam has had a big, big say in, in getting you on, hasn't he? Has, he? has he signed some sort of contract with you? Have you got some sort of signing fee? Um, firstly, thanks that you know it was Liam and not you that wanted me on. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's way to make a guy feel welcome. Um, yeah, yeah, he, well, he did say to me, to... When he went, I do not want him on. Do not bring him on. <laughs> Luke Don't need anyone taking my spotlight, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, Liam, Liam uh, messaged and asked uh, a couple of weeks ago asking if I was going to be free at some point. And then, uh, and weirdly, I've not got a lot on. So it seemed like a good that's sign. Odd. I know, yeah. I mean, you're not a busy man during lockdown. <laughs> well, I, it's it's interrupting my quiz question writing, but I, I can set aside a bit of time for that. Oh, I tell you what, um, interrupting your quiz question writing. There's a there's a slight reason we were delayed today. Now I had to put a message out to Liam. We were initially meant to re- start recording at two o'clock. It's now about quarter past. The reason why is because I was I was crafting some quiz questions for for you and Liam actually. Um, Rob, so I'm, I'm hoping that the uh, the effort I've put in to delay this podcast will will come out in the wash eventually and it will come good. Mm. Reserve judgment. <laughs> yeah, we'll, ha- <laughs> we'll hang on. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what uh, you throw at us because you've given me some quizzes in the past. I mean, there's been some pretty good ones. We've had the odd um, stinker. How dare you? Actually, no, it wasn't you. You know, I'm thinking of Dave Vermin. He gave me the stinker. Oh yeah, I guarantee it wasn't me, mate. No, sorry, I've just accused you for no reason. No, it was the Verminator who attacked me there. I, I, I wasn't happy with the Liam Keane round because um, I was keeping up pretty well on that quiz, and then the Liam Keane round did me in. Mm, yeah. I, to be honest, I thought doing it. I thought the the person most in trouble would probably be Liam, but wow. <laughs> um, but, I mean, his ego's so big, he knew everything. I'm so sad that I check my uh, Twitter followers, followers regularly. <laughs> the num- it's, been, it's been going up and down recently. I've been disappointed. Fluctuating? Yeah, I mean, what am I on at the moment? I've got it in front of me. I'm on uh, 2258. The other day I was on 2260, so that's two gone. Oh, mate. Oh, what dear. have you done to annoy them? When am I going to get verified, by the way, as well? Wait, I've got more followers than you and I'm not verified. I don't think you've got much chance. No, but you've only got a few followers, though. I've got like 2,900. I mean, I'm sat on just yeah, over 5,000, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally, literally got... Actually, you've probably got more than double, haven't you? Because I've not got two and a half. Uh, let me have a look. Somewhere around that. 5,053. Um, Do you have the blue tick? No, I don't. But you see, because I, no. I took over Vital in November, so I don't know whether... Um, a, how to get a blue tick, and B, because I think, I remember Joe Massey moaning that he lost his <laughs> for, oh. for some reason. I don't know whether that has happened when 
see, memorable. I, see, uh, I know how he. I know how he lost it, and I wasn't even on sport at the time because I've heard so much about the Bradford incident <laughs> since I've moved over to sport. Uh, he uh, didn't. He uh, he said something about the the town being a not Basically, very nice place. He absolutely slated the town of Bradford, and in fairness to Bradford. Um, in the league, in the league that they're in, they're a big club, um, and it's fair to say that a lot of uh, fans didn't take well to Joe Massey's tweets <laughs> and uh, were regularly uh, dishing out some abuse. So much so that Joe Massey decided that the best course of action would be to change his Twitter profile from a public one to a private one which automatically removes the blue tick if you do that, because he'd already had one. He'd, he'd been work-issued. Um, the Express and Star had contacted Twitter and got everyone a, a blue tick, apart from me, because I wasn't there at the time. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, he decided to do that and then lost his blue tick, had an absolute nightmare of a day, um, and it just it was basically just a trip which he did not enjoy one bit. Uh, but, yeah, that's how you can lose a blue tick. I don't know how to get one nowadays. Well, I might try and contact Twitter and just then hold it against the two of you well what they uh, what they used to be able to do is they used to be able to apply for one mm. and then they took that it's been I think they took that down in like 2018 and said they were working on a new it, by the way this is how sad I am because I've uh, I've extensively researched this already um, and uh, and they said uh, you have to they're coming up with a new way of applying for it which they're going to release soon and it's been like I think over two years now and they still haven't released it so they've, it's, you can't apply for them anymore. They just give them out randomly. Oh, nice. But I'll see, like, there was a, a journalist following me from, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to name who it was, but it was another paper. Um, he had about 500 followers, and he had a blue tick, and I was furious. There were a like, couple at our place like that. I was like, that is not on. I was, I was like, actually, I've seen someone who had it with, like, 100 before. Um, I was like, I really need, I really need one myself for my own ego I mean my ego's unbearable as it is <laughs> God forbid <laughs> what it'll be like if you get a blue tick Christ almighty um, so Rob as ever it's a pleasure to have you on um, how's lockdown life treating you because I know a lot of people now are getting a bit bored they're getting a bit antsy I know they're lifting some of the restrictions uh, how are you finding it mate uh, it's it, it's got easier as it's gone on Um I was very lucky that um, I've managed to start doing a little bit of delivery driver work. Um, so that's mm. been nice to kind of get out of the house um, and do something and kind of feel that there's something more, a bit normal going on. But um, yeah, I mean, me and my mates kind of, we have like a weekly Zoom catch up. Uh, this week it was, we found a, a website we could do poker. So we had an online poker mm. night. We've been doing online cards against humanity, um, which is always a good laugh. So yeah, it's trying to. Trying <laughs> this to is keep a clean up. podcast. <laughs> don't don't mention. Oh yeah, any no, of I, won't, I, won't, I won't comment on <laughs> any of what <laughs> what was put on, but um, yeah, it's been it's just been kind of an opportunity to actually catch up and try and chat to people that you always don't have time to. Um, that's what I've tried to do anyway. And been getting out, doing a lot more exercise as well. So, yeah, which has helped with the weather being nice. Certainly does, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, yesterday for me was the first day I actually went out to like um, a park 
and you you probably won't know this, Rob, but I'm a, I'm a big basketball fan. I play a lot of basketball. First time playing in over two and a half months. I tell you what, I was rusty. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I I play a lot of tennis, and uh, me and my girlfriend went to our park where there's tennis courts, and I feel like I'd never picked up a racket in my life. <laughs> it's it's weird, isn't it? You go back and you suddenly trying to remember how to play a sport is weird. Um, but it's, it's, it's just very strange. How did you get around to covering Warsaw then? Because I suppose that's, you know, a lot of people will see you on Twitter and, you know, engage with you. And um, But how did you get around to it? Was I'm assuming you were probably a fan of the team and then you saw an opportunity to kind of get involved. Yeah. Um, so I, I was born and raised in Warsaw um, and went as a kid uh I used to do the 50-50 ticket selling as well, um, which meant I could go to the games and earn a little bit of money on the side when I was in my kind of mid-teens. Um, and then me and a, a mate got the, when they did the free season tickets, started going more regularly then as well, um, mm-hmm. purely for financial reasons. Um, it, that scheme was brilliant for sort of I think it's a brilliant one for youngsters in the area um, mm. and then and then I moved away to go to uni and I've lived in London for eight years bloody hell eight years um, and I've stayed following go to as many games as I can get to uh, and then I'd follow, followed Vital for a couple of years and then the opportunity to to kind of take it on presented itself so I thought it's a page that a lot of people like and follow and interact with so it seemed like too much of a good opportunity to to not take up um, so yeah that's how I kind of got involved with it I tell you what being a Warsaw fan in London must be a strange experience because you know even if you support a Premier League team outside of London if you're in London you tend to be a little bit um, Overcrowded, shall we say? You know, you've got your, your massive clubs in London, of course. What's it like? What's it like? Do you ever bump into a fellow saddler uh, out and about in London? The, strangely, no. Um, however, <laughs> uh, there's a guy that started following, or that I've been chatting to through Vital, who lives in Canary Wharf, um, and we were going to meet at the Stevenage game uh, mm. because it's, obviously it's not too far for either of us. And then obviously that got cancelled and then the replay has been during lockdown. So I'm yet to actually mm. meet up and, and go for a, a drink. But yeah, there's, there's, a few, there's a few of us in London. Uh, you kind of bump into people on trains going home from away days, which is uh, it's always quite nice having someone on the journey, having a mm. moan about the game. Mm. It's never very often uh, you're not, mo- not, not... I suppose it's one of them when you're a fan, isn't it? Going back, it's not very often um, you'll be you'll be thrilled by the performance, especially, you know, Whoa. the way Warsaw have been, you know... Whoa! Luke, what are, you, what are you saying? I'm just saying this season it hasn't been brilliant, Blimey! Has he's too busy watching the Albion and he's coming out with this. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm just trying to... Yeah, I'm just what's trying going to, on with that? Because is it... Is oh. it because Villa are in the relegation zone and baggies are going up that you've switched allegiance? Or whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that These is that claims, is so true. That is I, so true. I tell you what, I mean, 
these claims have come out of, and it's all it's all former Warsaw reporter Joe Massey's fault. Um, having covered games for Albion, it's, it's it happens very often um, for the Express and Star. Typically, the biggest, the, one of the biggest clubs you can cover for the Express and Star, because we're based in Wolverhampton, would it be Wolverhampton Wanderers. The second biggest, um, in terms of on patch, would be West Bromwich Albion. So, with Nathan Judah, who's technically my boss, um, covering the majority of Wolves games. It's quite natural for me to end up going to Albion games. Mm, yeah, right. Now, I'm not going as a fan. I'm not doing it that way. I'm just here to cover the games and have a good time doing it. And I do that with Walsall, admittedly. I'll tell you what's interesting, though, Luke, is that Jude has been to more Walsall games this season than you have. Uh, true. Which is true. very interesting. You'd... That's because being an Aston Villa fan, whenever there's an opportunity for me to attend another game... And you said that we don't have a lot to cheer about this season. I mean, I'll tell you what, as a <laughs> Villa fan, there's nothing I'm doing but moaning at the moment. <laughs> He's got a point. Null and void. Null and void. It's, it's, um, it's funny what you were saying about uh, obviously being in London and not seeing many Warsaw fans about. I, um, I think I mentioned on here before, I, live here, I, I still live in Warwick. Um, so I went over where I'm from, and I went over to Leamington nearby. I don't know if any of you guys know the area very well. Um, I know it incredibly well. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, do you? <laughs> I've spent I've spent a few nights out in Leamington Spa. Well, I've not, I've had a, well I can tell you what I've had more than a few. But um, <laughs> and I was just walking down the uh, down the like the main high street there, and a bloke. I was going into uh, Tesco, and as I was walking in, a bloke coming towards me wearing a Warsaw top. And, no I'm, way. and I'm thinking, right, here we go. Oh, God, with, with my missus, I'm thinking, oh, here we go, I'm going to get, uh, get recognised. Oh, oh, don't tell me, me you oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, here we go, I'm, I'll, I'll get the autograph ready for you, mate. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me get it out. Uh, he looked at me, looked through me and walked right past. <laughs> I was like, great. <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, We'd have all heard that story if it had been like, are you Liam Keane from the Express and Star? Because you would not have shut <laughs> up about it on Twitter. <laughs> See, he maybe he was too scared. Maybe I maybe I come across as you know he was he was a bit worried. It was like seeing a like seeing your favourite movie star in the middle of Leamington Spa. But um, but um, no, I thought that was quite funny. So I actually would didn't you, nudge my missus. Go you, it, in Walsall Talk. Would you change Walsall's. your Twitter bio to Liam Keane, reporter for Walsall FC, got recognised in Leamington Spa? It's, See, I mean, I've only been recognised maybe... Well, I mean, obviously, I've met you once, haven't I, Robert, at the um, the supporters meeting. Yeah, I've I, I met you there, obviously. I got recognised at that because they obviously they were expecting me to turn up. Um, but that was, in terms of people actually saying anything to me, I think only one or two people I actually spoke to. But I think it's only been twice outside the stadium where someone's gone, oh, you're right, Liam, all right. And I'm like... And for me, that was like that was my Golden Globes moment. I was loving it. <laughs> Were you, walking, um, were you walking with Kinsella and they were actually talking to him or was, were you just by yourself? No, no, none, none of the players would be seen dead with me, sadly. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, and I, I, that was like, that was, I was loving that. I, I mentioned it on here at the time to Luke. I was like, I, I was loving it. And I was thinking, that, right, you don't see many Warsaw tops walking around Leamington Spa thinking this, this is my moment. So, <laughs> and it passed me by very quickly. I'm still amazed you compared yourself to a movie star. Well, you know, I mean, when I got my when my new haircut and everything, I was looking, uh, you know, I was looking fresh. 
Are you the Will Smith of the reporting world in the black country? I was thinking more Jason Statham, um, <laughs> if I'm honest. I think I'll, I'll give that vibe off. Anyway, <laughs> the, the, the original point I was trying to make was, and I was trying to segue onto the season, was that it's, it's been a bit up and down, hasn't it? Uh, I may have worded it slightly differently previously, but anyway, it's been slightly up and down, and it wasn't the best start, was it, for Walsall? Let's kind of go through the season before we get onto the return of football. I mean, how, how would you rate the season, Rob? Because, I mean, this is something me and Liam have discussed obviously heavily over the season so far. I mean, it's it's interesting because not not a lot really personnel-wise changed between the really, like, tough spell and the the sort of, like, December till now spell that was sort of playoff form. Um, there was only mm. really one or two players that, that sort of changed. I think overall I would go six, six and a half. I'm not pushing a seven. Purely because I think what what has happened both on and off the pitch has been really what was needed. Yeah, it might not have been what the season we were really wanting and hoping, but I think with bringing about a complete mentality shift at the club and sort of ethos change and the fact that we've got the academy starting to produce again, a bond between fans and club that was not not really positive before because of the ownership. I think a lot had to change and I think they've, they've gone about a good way of starting to change that. Um, so I'd go six, six and a half. And actually, the core of the squad has shown that it can compete. I mean, you look at... The, I mean, the last match that we played was Exeter and, you know, Exeter in the playoffs or top... I don't know how it has ended with them if they've snuck in top three or with their playoffs. But showing that in the last couple of home games against Vale and, and, um, and Exeter, that, yeah, we can mix it up with the teams that are at the top uh, and that we, we can hold our own up against those types of teams. The one biggest disappointment has been that we haven't taken enough off of teams below us. Mm. Um, that's the one area that we need to really really kick on from I mean taking no points from Carlisle and mm. um, I think, did we beat Morecambe away? Beat him away lost at home yeah, yeah. I, oh, I was at the home one that was atrocious yeah it was oh. bad that one that was a long drive back that evening <laughs> I bet that was a Tuesday night wasn't it at, yeah at, it was at the, at the banks yeah. yeah it was a um, really really poor performance that, that night yeah but um yeah, there's, there's signs there that it's it's definitely improving and everything coming out of the club for next season is that they want a playoff and promotion push. Now, obviously, that's going to change with everything that's gone on and what players are available, but keeping the core of the squad that we've got, I think, is a very big positive because it's something that we don't tend to do. We tend to have a high turnover of players, but actually we've got... Mm enough that have shown that they are good enough to to really have a decent season in League 2. Obviously we need additions and players will leave, but there's a there's a core there that fans can get behind. Mm. I must admit, you know, when the season started and after last season, 
there was a point when I was really worried for Walsall. But you've really seen these green shoots of recovery now, haven't we? And it's took him some time, but Daryl Clark has seemed to kind of come good in the way that when he came in, everyone was really excited and they saw his, you know, the work that he'd done elsewhere and, and you thought, this is the man to do it. I think now you're starting to see the fruits of his labours in terms of, you know, this team that are looking like next season, as long as if things go to plan in terms of, you know, we don't know what's happening with coronavirus and this and that, but the noises they were making, as you just said, Rob, were that promotion is, is, is one for next season to look at, albeit whether it's automatic, whether it's playoff. I mean, if they're a good season and if they do go up, then brilliant. Um, but the signs are there, aren't they? Yeah, it, it, yeah. there's definitely been some building blocks put in place that, with a lot of things around the club. I mean, the, the other thing is that you've got the likes of um, Sam Perry, Alfie Bates, that, just to name a couple, Luke Pearce, that, that maybe haven't featured a lot, but when they have, they've shown that actually our academy is going to start producing talent like it did a few years ago because the, the academy really has suffered the last couple of years um, and it's one of the big things that that you know if, if I mean I, I did a piece yesterday about players that have been released in areas that I think we need to strengthen and I think we need a kind of like more of a holding midfielder because little didn't work out and Sharon's mm. on loan. But the likes of Sam Perry, who play in that holding midfield role, no one no one would have expected us to suddenly have a player from the youth that that could feature in that role and hold their mm. own. I mean he had a great game against Portsmouth and that that wasn't an easy one. Oh yeah I I was saying that all the way up through January as well, thinking saying this is the position they need to improve on. They need to obviously the right winger was the one that was massive, but Aside from that, that's what some people weren't thinking of, was that holding midfield role. They brought Sharon in. He, I thought he had an OK, uh, a relatively decent debut. Um, that was the away to Carlisle was his debut, I believe, when they, uh, it was 2-1 loss. Or might have been 2-0, I've got off the top of my head. But, um, and, uh, but then since then, he, he never really sort of set the world alight. I mean, I know that's not his role. He's not, he's not a Wes McDonald type of player, but... Um, uh, he was sort of giving the ball away a bit cheaply and the fans didn't really take to him very well. Um, but, I mean, so with Sam Perry, I mean, I was extremely impressed with his, well, one and only game so far, that uh, EFL trophy game uh, at home to Portsmouth in January. Um, if I mean, he's obviously quite lightweight still because he's only 18, but so if he bulks up a little bit, gets himself in the gym, um, I think he could be a really good player next season. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and I think we 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 will need to rely. Uh, well, clubs in general, especially in leagues one and two, are going to have to rely on yeah. academy products definitely for not just one season, but two, three. Like the, the yeah. financial cost of of what's happened, it's not just going to go away as soon as football's back. Um, so for us to have already got a good academy in place. It's it's promising. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what is, as well. The um, oh, sorry, you, you finished that point first. So I was going to go on to different ones. And the other thing is as well, it's something that when Dean Smith was in charge, he knew exactly who he'd got coming up. 
So he knew mm. he got his transfer markets planned. Well, I would assume so anyway. Um, he got his markets planned knowing, right, I've got Liam Kinsella who's going to be uh, quite a good utility player for me. I've got um, Liam Roberts who's going to be starting in goal for me in a couple of seasons' time. So I think the fact that Clark will know who he's got because he's already been testing the waters with them, it's it's got to have a big help for him when he's planning the next two, three transfer markets, knowing that maybe next season Sam Perry will get, say, 10 or 15 appearances, either starts or off the bench in all competitions, but then when he's sort of 20, right, he can start 20, 25 games if he's progressed. It's It's that side of things that I think is why the the rating for how our season has been that's what pushes me to go six and a half rather yeah. than six i think that's mm. fair because i i sort of gave a sort of c grade before when i thought about it and um yeah you, you're right there in terms of building them in because i mean alfie bates has been really good this season but he's didn't play as much in the second half of the sort of campaign sort of february onwards didn't play as much um it's interesting the thing you mentioned there about the exeter game because some of the teams they've beaten higher end of the table or got good results against uh plenty of them have been pretty close games as well i don't know if you remember that exeter game it was i think it was 1-1 at the time and um exeter scored and it was ruled offside it was very controversial at the time um and they and then also went on to score two more and win 3-1 it could have gone either way i mean the salford away game was a very good game uh they won 2-1 but it was it was very close for a good half an hour at the end um, and Liam Roberts obviously kept the team in it. So, but then you look at the games where they should have done better. Morecambe at home, for example. I mean, they they were in that game from the first minute. Really, they were very very poor. Um, Carlisle at home, they should have been sort of three nil up at half time. It was nil nil. End up losing two nil or two one, whatever it was. Um, it just seems it's it sort of Daryl talks about these fine margins all the time, and I think he is. I think he's right, but it just seems that they come up on the right end of those fine margins against the better sides which I don't, do you know do you, why do you think that is because it doesn't seem to make much sense um i think it's down to it's got to be a style of play i mean you look at the teams that are at the top end and they have been more consistently better footballing teams mm. um and I think it, I think it's that I think that we we are when we play well we can be a really good footballing team we can move the ball well we can um, I was I was just about to look on our uh, fixture history to see if I'm going to make a bold statement or not but I feel that once we score one we rarely just score one in a game mm. especially when we win we tend to get especially more recently, two or three. And I think once we've got one, we tend to sort of get on a bit of a roll, but it's that first goal. And I think when you play teams like Morecambe, that, I mean, that, that was a sh- an absolute shocker of a match. But if we do miss those chances, if the keeper makes a save, if we put the obvious ones wide, we do seem to let it get to us and I think as fans there's games like I, I don't think I ever thought we were going to score in that Morecambe match yeah 
But yeah, when there, we there scored against Salford, I thought we can get another one here. And yeah. and again, the, another example, the Northampton game. As soon as we started the second half, and we scored one, chatting to the the people around us, there was a real sense of we can not only get a point here, but we could actually win this match. Mm. It's um, it's it's funny because you're right when you say that in terms of the one nils because that was the criticism at the beginning of the season because after getting what one win in nine I think it was uh, and I I obviously came into the job uh, sort of at the back end of that when they lost to Bradford one nil but then they won when they got back onto winning ways after that but they were only winning one nil they beat Scunthorpe one nil they beat Morecambe one nil. Uh, and they were they were struggling to build on on that. So that's, yeah, it's interesting. Um, you sort of hit the nail on the head with that one. What were you going to say, Luke? I'll cut you off there. Yeah, I was going to say. Do you reckon that kind of mentality that if things don't necessarily go the club's way um, in a game and it affects them throughout the majority of the ninety minutes, do you reckon that's a little bit of a maybe a little slight hangover or follow on from the season that you know, of course, wasn't wasn't great last year. Do you reckon that's kind of maybe affected some of the players? Yeah, I think... I mean, Liam Liam said this, especially earlier in the season, or, or as quoted, um, Daryl saying this, that, that he had to shake the losing mentality of the club. And mm. it's, not, it's not something that's just going to go away the first five or ten games. It's... Like when things started against Northampton and, and a draw against Forest Green, it was like great four points from six. It was a great start to the season, um, especially considering where Northampton are in the table and where Forest Green were before they had a bit of a real dip. Um, but when we went on that losing run, it just, despite it being a, a like heavily changed squad, it just brings back the memory of not being able to win a match and losing kind of back-to-back games in the, the six in a row in October. It It's that fear of, right, last season we went on a run like this and got relegated. Mm. So I think there is a, a mentality shift that needed to happen. Um and I, I don't know, I think at times if if we aren't if things aren't going our way we it it either goes one of two ways. It either completely doesn't change or it really does. There doesn't seem to be a middle ground of us being mm-hmm. one nil down and sort of fighting back to get one one and it being quite an even match. It's games where we're two nil down, and then suddenly have a blister in last half an hour. Mm. But I don't. It's I don't, strange. I don't know why that is the case, but it just seems to be. There's this potential fight or flight that happens. Oh, that might be a bit mm. strong to say that, but there's this attitude that I think there's there's games where. the Northampton one is the one that that springs to mind as the sort of the most recent one of those that something switched at half time that they came out and went we can win this game whereas at Morecambe Mm. there was no point that being 2-0 down that they went we can win this Mm. it's strange because we've seen that with a number of clubs around the area as well I mean 
Wolves of you know when they went down previously and, and suffered double relegation. Villa as well when they went down from the Premier League, they really struggled to kind of shake that mentality. So it's 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 strange that it does happen to so many clubs, doesn't it? Um, let's talk about the return of football then and where and where we are. Liam, I mean, <laughs> Here we, we we're go. recording this before a statement that's due to come out, so it, this could all be null and void. Uh, not whoa, know, wrong chunks of words there. Pardon the pun. <laughs> uh, it could all be null and void by the time this actually comes out. But I mean, it looks as though League Two. It looks like League One as well. To be completely honest, it doesn't seem like we're going to be seeing football again in terms of those leagues. But have we have we heard anything fresh? So yeah, I'll exp- I'll explain this as best I can. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Rob, tell me once I've explained this, if this makes sense, because not just from what I'm saying makes sense, but if, if what you think the EFL have done uh, is probably the, the smartest move, because um, it took me a few times to get my head around it, I mean, <laughs> to be honest. So it's, um, it's, it's a bit bizarre. So basically, the, the situation is all the clubs have agreed that they don't want to carry on playing. So they've all come to a... Uh, desired direction of travel was the way it was described, uh, which is not the same as a vote. It sounds like exactly the same as a vote, but uh, it apparently it's not. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's very bizarre. So um, the, the reason being is because it comes into all this legal red tape there is around the leagues. So what the EFL have now done is uh, is they've, they've come together with a, a framework of how they want to finish the season if the seasons can't be played on the pitch. So that is uh, an unweighted points per game system. So there's no extra weight to home or away fixtures. Um, it's uh, there is relegation, there is promotion, um, and it's playoffs with just the normal four teams, top three in League Two go up. Um, the issue with the League Two situation is that League Two clubs, um, the majority asked that they didn't want relegation to happen because they felt it was unfair on uh, on Stevenage. So that's where the issue comes in at the moment. So what's happening this week is they had a meeting on Wednesday. It was a board meeting, um, an EFL board meeting, um, where they took the uh, the feedback from all 71 EFL clubs and said and, and sat down and they're going to they're gonna decide what their final framework is. So they might decide, actually, no, we're not going to have relegation. Or they might decide we are going to have relegation with this criteria, but not this. Or, or whatever they decide. Or they might just decide on what to go with what they already agreed and just ignore all the club's feedback. Um, it, so that's, that's the next stage we're waiting for. So we're waiting on that statement to say this is what our final framework is that we've, we've agreed on after the feedback. Uh, it should have been either yesterday or today. As, as of re- we're recording now at quarter to three... It hasn't happened yet. Uh, I've already said if it does happen, I will interrupt the podcast to say it on here so, so everyone's aware um, if the statement comes out. But what's then got to happen is they release this um, their framework that they've agreed on. They then have to have all the clubs, all 71 clubs, they have to have 51% of those 71, so a majority, vote yes for that framework so it goes into the EFL regulations which basically means that EFL can't be sued um, and then each individual league votes on whether to return or whether to not return I mean how confusing is all that <laughs> it's it's mental so in the in the league two situation is as as we stand we're waiting on the framework 
they then have to have all of the clubs, not just League Two, but all of the clubs vote for the framework. And then League Two, because they've already agreed their desired direction of travel, are most likely then to vote, we're going to end the season. So this time next week, we should have the have it confirmed that League Two isn't returning on the pitch this season. But there could be a spanner in the works somewhere within that as well. So, uh, I, I mean, from a fan point of view, I, I hope that makes sense, Rob. I mean, I, I, it took me a while to get my head oh, around yeah. myself. What's not clear about it? I mean, from a, from a fan <laughs> point of view, I mean, first of all, I think they've taken far too long to, to do any of this. I understand there's a lot of things that go into it, but I think it's farcical how long they've taken. But from a fan point of view, I mean, how, how do you get your head around that? I mean, I, I hope I've explained it well enough, but... I mean, surely from the fans, you just want it to be over and done with now, make, have a decision. Yeah, it, yeah, it's that. It's, it's got past the point. I think we all knew we, uh, fans weren't going to be able to watch football, or at least Walsall play, for a while. Um, the thing for me is that they, it's how long, yeah, it's how long it's taken to just make a decision. Um, like I kind of feel that that they could have allowed put contingency plans in, so they could have. I mean, they've they've had a lot of time to discuss it to go. This is the um, current plan. However, if we hit this point, this is what's going to going to happen. Um, in terms of what they've agreed, it's. It's difficult. No one, no one wants to see teams go down when they could potentially have stayed up. And I think the the only reason the argument has been brought about for Stevenage is purely because Macclesfield have dropped so many points. If Macclesfield mm. hadn't have been deducted, I think it's ten, then Stevenage would have been, I think, ten points off. Which really, they it, it's difficult to argue the case for them not. But it starts to get difficult when you are allowing teams to go up but not allowing teams to go down with the argument being because you can't fulfil fixtures. When you've got teams that are on the cusp of playoffs or being in the automatic spots, it's, it's as fair to say you have to go down as it is to say you're not going up or you're going up because of this reason it's yeah it's 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 a shame but i think if you are allowing teams to go up you have to have the teams go down the the thing for me is and it's nothing it's something i hadn't considered i was listening to the um d3 d4 podcast and they were discussing it and as a they had someone who works for cheltenham on and he said the problem is great that we're in the playoffs and great that they want to play the playoffs, but it means that for that period we will have to unfurlough staff, we will have to pay for mm. all the testing, we will have to pay for um, the extra cleaning, the sanitary side, all of the uh, PPE, all of that. And if we don't get promoted, then there's no real financial gain for it. So it's mm. whether that then puts teams in a in a real disadvantage who don't go up through the playoffs for next season and I, I hadn't really considered that side of it um, I'd kind of thought oh player safety is obviously paramount and if 
the teams in the playoffs think that players will be safe, then that is their individual mm. call to make. But actually, financially, it's it's going to be quite a burden for clubs. I mean, I think if, if Walsall were in the playoffs, to spend, what are they saying, like 140, 160,000? It's a lot of money, isn't it? It's a lot of money. And to then unfurlough all the staff that it would be required. It's, um, yeah, it's difficult to to do that's going to be financial strain for a lot of of clubs I mm. think anyway yeah the, the money side of it has been like the biggest sticking point throughout this, this whole thing really for League 2 um, I mean as, as Rob said there I mean you, the testing side of it is expensive the bringing players back off furlough is expensive I mean it, the whole thing is expensive I mean the, the players Sorry, not the the club. Sorry, will lose money to play games mm. behind closed doors when, in reality, with games, that's how they bring money in. So it, the whole thing will just be losing. And I mean, I said this on here already. I mean, it's very unlikely the Premier League are going to jump into the point where um, where they're uh, been able to fund this whole this whole thing. Really, I mean, they're they're the last thing they're thinking about mm. is League Two, sadly. So um, yeah, it's it's been a it's a bit of a mess. Um, but as I said, this time next next week we should we should have a a sort of a definitive answer with it. Um, hopefully. Right, should we get onto some uh, questions from the listeners, guys? Because we've got plenty of them. Um, first one comes from Jake. Uh, who do you feel will be let go from their contracts, and who from the recently released players from other clubs would be a good fit for us? Do you want to go first, Rob? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're probably both going to have the same answer with the who we, uh, who will be released, and I have no idea, um, <laughs> because obviously we not we don't really know whose contract is up. Um, mm, yeah. I feel there's a couple that I'm pretty sure will. Uh, I I would assume Gary Liddle will go. Uh, yeah. I would also put. James Hardy and Mitch Candlin in there purely because I think they are in positions that we've got youth prospects coming through. I know Mitch Candlin is a youth prospect, but mm. that are more favoured. So I think that as a way to trim down the yeah. squad a bit, they will go. But outside of that, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think you probably. You're probably right there. I, I know you looked at a few players from other clubs as well. I, I, I was just going to mention one quickly. Harry McCurdy at Carlisle. Yeah, I, I, I think would be him. a good fit. Yeah. I am. Um, any, anyone, anyone else springs to mind for you? Because I know you looked at a few of the clubs as well. Yeah. Um, I, the one I did yesterday that I think out of everyone could be is um, Jake Hessenthaler. Oh, yes. From Grimsby. Midfielder, isn't he? Yeah, um, and he kind yeah. of plays in that holding midfield role. Um, yeah. And he's mainly played in League One and then played a couple of seasons with Grimsby in League Two. And I think at I think 26 or 25, he's got a lot of games under his belt mm-hmm. that could, could be um, a good signing. Uh, I'm trying to remember who I put in the, the first one because there was another player that... I remember there was McCurdy and 
Just bear with me a second while I try. Because uh, McCurdy scored the uh, he scored the winner um, at ho- the home loss to Carlisle, didn't he? That one that sort of looped over Liam Roberts, the header. Um, yeah, I, I, I he didn't play in the away game, um, but I was I was quite impressed with him. Uh, when I did see him, um, I thought he was a decent player. But there have been questions over his attitude as well. So yeah, which I I feel one of two things: either Clark will still steer clear and go, no, don't want anything to do with anyone that could disrupt, because they all the signs are that Walsall have a very good tight group at the moment, or he'll go, I can drill that out of him. Yeah, yeah, it'd be one of the two, wouldn't it? Yeah, the other uh, one, sorry, was Otis Khan. From Mansfield. Oh yeah, he's sort of a full-back kind of position, isn't he? He's centre attacking mid. Okay, I'm completely off. Then. <laughs> <laughs> For some uh, reason, oh, I, I, you know what it is. I think it's because I remember thinking, um, is it Newport, isn't it? Mansfield. Okay, I'm thinking of the wrong player. I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. of, the, I'm thinking um, of the complete wrong player. <laughs> but Ignore Otis, me. Otis Connors, um he kind of can play central attacking but also out wide and I think that is something that we ne- we obviously need another winger but someone mm. to play if we don't get someone like Holden back Otis Khan could be pretty decent um, I'm just getting the stats up now for him he we, we don't do stats Yeovil, here we, we don't do stats here mate <laughs> do we not oh alright no no I'm joking, well, I'm joking, I'm joking, at Yeovil, we had a couple of <laughs> He's sort of, for Mansfield, he's been really moved about a lot. Um, he's sort of played left mid, left wing, centre mid, centre attacking, right mid, right wing, and up top. So he's he's kind of just been fitting in wherever. But at Yeovil, he was set either in a central attacking role or either wing, but always in an attacking role. And he scored 10 and assisted 10 in his last season there. So he's he's proven that he can do it. And I think if he actually mm. was set in a position, he could be pretty good for us, I oh, feel. Just, uh, I just had a quick Google and I was half right. The position I was completely off with, but he was, um, in January, he joined Newport on loan from Mansfield. Oh, did he? Mm. Oh, my, yeah, so I was seeing him, but I got... No, no, don't worry, because I got the complete wrong position anyway, so I think I was half thinking of him, half thinking of someone else anyway, but um, I, th- I think I know what it was, I think it's because I remember being at that Newport game, and I put a tweet to say that he was down injured, and realised I got the wrong player, and then just went back and corrected it, which was no big deal, but I always remembered it, because I thought he was that fullback for some reason, um, okay. so that's why, I've, that's why I've got it from, but uh, yes, and... Next time you uh, talk to me like that on the podcast, mate, you will not be welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, next when, question. When you need my help at the end of this for the quiz, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. No. Yeah, 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 I might change my mind. Next question comes from One Pod Beyond. Um, after ridiculously saying you could drop a cow and a wolf in the last episode, if you could dig a hole, how far could you dig in a day? Now, um, Stark contrast to the previous question, of course, in terms of relation to Walsall. Uh, I don't know if you were listening, Rob, last week. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Team. I mean, that was a, a wolf, really. That it's was that wasn't me. That was Luke that said a wolf. Life or death. I think a wolf would be a close fight. What, it's quick. Like it? It's quicker, and it, one, bite, one, one bite on you, and that you're 
you're gone. No. Depends where. I don't think. I don't think you like you, whether you have a whatever a weapon you have or if you even just your bare hands before you even moved, it would have you by the neck. You, I'm not so sure. Either yeah. way, I think Liam Keane's claim of bringing down a cow. Well, I've seen the size of a cow. It's much easier than a wolf. If it stood there and let you, then I think the, you could take a cow on. But I think eventually it's going to start fighting back and. You've got to sweep the legs, I think, on a cow. The, the, uh, the skinny little legs. You've got to sweep yeah, the legs. Yeah, but if all it would do is fall on you, and then but, boot it in the udder. Boot it in the udder. <laughs> oh god, I'm so anyway, the, following on from those claims, how far could you dig in a day? Now I've got experience here. I've been doing my garden recently. Well, how far have you been digging digger? down in your garden? Well, this is the thing, right? I've just been digging. I've just been getting rid of the turf. And I tell you what, it is painstaking work. I'm not backing myself to get more than six foot in a yeah, day. Yeah, I, I said I'd probably be able to dig a me-sized hole, which is six foot. I, I, I'm not sure I'd get six foot, but I think it'd be, I think it'd be tough. I'd say maybe four. Could you not dig a grave in a day? I don't know how long it takes to dig a grave. Oh, I don't know. I feel like one person. It depends on the on the earth and your uh, and your utensils. <laughs> I've got, you've got to take everything into account. I'm giving you a teaspoon on a dry day. Oh, well, no oh, chance. Blimey. <laughs> uh, no, I'd, I'd back myself to get maybe six foot down. That's about it. But I tell you what, you wouldn't feel good. The next day, my back would be hurting, I'll tell you that. Um, next question. Well, we've got we got plenty from Lee Reynolds. Lee Reynolds, good man. a serial question giver. Um, Dedication. Some high earners, some high earners have been released from clubs. Could you see some surprise signings this year? Also, a player is going to have lower wage demands. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, particularly if wage caps come in. I mean, players are going to have no choice but to lower wage demands. Otherwise, they won't get a club. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll definitely see some surprises. Uh, whether that, whether Warsaw are involved in that or, or not, I don't know. Because, uh, but at the same time, Warsaw will probably be in a better financial position than some of the other clubs around them as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be one of them where you've got to wait and see. I think there'll be a lot more free agents than expected because there'll be a lot of people there'll be a lot of players hanging around and then eventually the penny will start to drop with some of them and they've got to realise we're going to have to drop our demands here we're going to have to get paid half of what I'm, I'm expected or believe they owed mm. because they need to get a clue and they need to be paid and play football so yeah there'll be plenty of players that bring it down I think I think you look at um, the likes of obviously Salford are a big pay like pay big yeah in our league and Bradford their players that they've released won't be going up a league the the likelihood Mm. is if you've been released from a league two club you're not going to unless you don't sign a deal you won't be working your way up the leagues so they're going to they're going to have to reduce their demands or they won't find a club I can't see players that have been at Salford I mean by the looks of their list, they've released players that are mainly over 30. Um, yeah. mm. I can't see them going for what they were on at Salford, because Salford are paying League One wages, well, and, and above. Um, but I can't see... Uh, yeah, I think, like, like Liam said, you're going to have... There'll be a wait while I think everyone kind of susses out the market. But you could see some... 
players that are typically higher earners potentially going to clubs that you wouldn't expect because otherwise they're just going to be left not earning. Mm -hmm. But it'd be, it'd be um, interesting to see whether older players... I mean, like, obviously we won't really know the ins and outs, but whether clubs try and start to offer more incentives, like, for example, players like Danny Guthrie going, we'll pay for you coaching, or we'll, we'll, we'll try and help you on this path. That if that might be incentive for older players, that they go, we'll allow you to train to be a coach or to be a, a youth coach or whatever whilst playing whether clubs have to try and offer other incentives like that other than just this is your wage that's that mm. but I could be way off that. with that I could be way off with that but just... <laughs> I think it's possible I think it's definitely possible yeah um, Lee again um, how proud and or surprised have you been with the Warsaw fans in terms of support for the club and all the charity work going on in the community we may well be small in number but we are very united passionate and love this club with every fiber of our souls yeah i mean i've uh yeah i've been really impressed i mean it's um and i've said this before there's plenty of families that are going to be or just people in general that are going to be struggling financially themselves um it's not a, an affluent area of warsaw but they're they're looking after their club um doing what they can season tickets merchandise fundraising in general um, and yeah, I think it's it's, it's good to see because it just shows how much the football clubs mean to these communities. It's um it's uh, the lifeblood of communities like Warsaw is is the football club, um, mm. and the I think I mean Rob's already mentioned this a few times, but the relationship between the club and the fans, which has improved so much, you might hear my dog barking in the background, um, which has improved worry, <laughs> which has improved so much uh, that only helps and aids towards the uh, the fans getting on board and helping even more um and uh, yeah i think i think it's great to see i, I, I really do mm. yeah i i'm i'm proud but i'm not surprised because mm. i i was, I was talking about this last night and saying um a friend of mine's a baggies fan and we were chatting about it what, sorry? Do me a favour, Liam. <laughs> so does he, Luke. Yeah, but I'm not allowed to name him on it. That was the that was the agreement. <laughs> oh, sorry, my mistake. Um, and we were saying that if you are a, a Baggies fan, you can be more of a casual fan. Like, they're on TV. They, You can follow them. They're, they're a much bigger club to kind of be like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Baggies fan. But you find that the lower down the leagues you go, the more that the clubs I feel mean to the people that go week in week out mm. and that again that's a bold statement but you've got like four four and a half thousand people that are i feel much more dedicated to walsall because like you said it is that community club it's the club that you might get a phone call during lockdown from because there's not a huge fan base but you get the players doing the visits. And I'm not saying bigger clubs don't do that, but I think lower down, the fans have much more of an affinity. You, you know the players more. You meet them more. You interact with the club more if you are sort of in Leagues 1 and 2, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, it, it yeah. does. We mentioned this before, haven't we, Liam? That I think he was answering a question, Start maybe earlier on this season, 
Um, it's special being a Warsaw fan because considering where Warsaw are in the country, you look around, if you were born in Warsaw, raised in Warsaw, no one would bat an eyelid if you were a Villa fan or a Wolves fan or an Albion fan because those are the those are the teams that you know people look at the West Midlands of Black Country and they and they see those teams rightly or wrongly they see those teams because they've been in you know Premier League Championship but it's a special brand of person that that sticks with with the club like Warsaw you know you're born you're born in that area you've got an affinity to that club and you you build a relationship with it don't you yeah massively so um i mean it's it's just Little things like, I remember at school when I was doing business studies at A-level, we had to do a, a piece and I wrote to Roy Wally, who was kind of much more active in his role at the club. I can't remember what role it was now off the top of my head. And mm. I said, I, I've i thought of this product for Walsall that I'm doing for my A-level. Um, what do you think? And he invited me in to chat about it. And it's things mm. like that that you then you kind of feel that you are a part of the club so it it doesn't surprise me that that fans have tried to do as much as they can to help the club out because mm. it is more of a family i feel at walsall than you would get at other clubs mm. definitely and your money you, you it seems like you feels like your money maybe is a bit more appreciated whereas if you know say you're a villa fan um i'm a villa fan just to clarify that fact with Liam, <laughs> um, you know, if you if you buy a shirt, you don't sit there and think, "Oh, I've helped the club out by buying a shirt," because um, they've got billions and billions of pounds. The owners, whereas with Walsall, you've seen it recently as well. You know, the club are you know going about and saying, "Look, we'll, we'll issue refunds," and there are fans legitimately out there saying, "Keep the money. I don't want the money back because I know it's going to help my football club, and it will help their football club because money isn't as." easy to come by in League 2 nor is it in League 1 than, than it is compared to the Championship and you know the, the likes of West Brom and Aston Villa and Wolves are going to get all this money from broadcasting and I know the Championship takes a big hit in terms of broadcasting compared to the Premier League but they're still dealing with completely different sums to the money that Walsall are so you've, you've got that connection with your club as well Yeah it's, um, it's been telling the fact that in, um, in things that have been released by the club over the last couple of weeks that that the club have said, you know, they don't want to be effectively just asking fans to put their hands in the pockets to help the club, um, mm. which has been kind of the reason why they haven't uh, put like the next season shirts on sale yet. But then on the flip side, you've got the fans going, we'll put it on there and if we can afford it, we'll do it. And it's, mm. it, it's, it's something that I, I don't know how much of it would have happened under Jeff Bonser, but mm. you, every video that Lee Pomlet has done, you can feel how appreciative he is. Like he, he genuinely, every single fan that wanted an early bird season ticket and that took the time to try and get in touch, he made sure that even if it was a week later and they tried getting in touch, they got it. He, yeah, I just think mm. he's so appreciative and fans, it's warming as a fan to go, I bought a shirt for the, from the club and that's going to help out. Yeah, certainly. Um, right, shall we finish up with our quiz then? Let's do it. 
So what I've done <laughs> is... <I'm>, <laughs> Rob's I'm, terrified. I'm, I'm I've got my notepad to out together. <laughs> I'm getting you to work together. It's a who wants to be a millionaire style quiz. So there are 15 questions. And in true uh, who wants to be a millionaire style, the first five, I tell you what, if any of you get any of them wrong, if you work together and get any of these wrong... I mean, neither of you are welcome back. Cool. Can you not um, put that? I'm, I'm quite pleased we're working on. together. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, these first five, you're not getting them wrong. They're ridiculously easy. So if I if I suggest something that's wrong, Rob overrules me, gets it right, then he'll be taking my place on the podcast in the future. Hundred percent. Yeah, right, but you see, the flip dirt. side of that is I overrule and get it wrong, and um, oh dear, you won't let me yeah. down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right, so question one. This is for £100. Figure Who covered to, figure Walsall FC for the Express and Star before Liam Keane? A. Luke Hatfield, B. Lewis Cox, C. Joe Massey, or D. Nathan Judah? Go on, Liam, you can take this one. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Massey, final answer. Correct, £100. Legend. For £200. Who is current Walsall FC manager? Is it Daryl Clark, Ray Graydon, Dean Keats, or Dean Smith? <laughs> I mean... When you said easy, yeah. I didn't realise yeah, how I, easy they were. Do you know what, though? I'm second-guessing everything I'm thinking, though. I'm like, <laughs> well, is it? This, this one's for you, then, Rob. I will go with A, Daryl Clark. Correct. Now, I'm, I'm being serious. These do pick up in difficulty. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. It's just, with, whenever you watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, did you not see them first five questions? Like, yeah. I could get I could get a grand easy in this some, game. Yeah, some of yeah them but I was easy. scrolling through Facebook yesterday and saw... A video of like people that went out on questions one, two, three, and it is, it's embarrassing. Oh, it's painful to watch, isn't it? There was one that I watched. This guy was unbelievably confident, and it was, and it was the first question, and it was wrong. It was, I think it was the American version. I saw it the other week, and it was hilarious. Oh, anyway, let's not speak too soon, Liam. All right. <laughs> question three uh, is for three hundred pounds. What is the name of Warsaw's home ground? Is it the Building Society Stadium? The post office stadium, the hairdresser stadium, or the Banks' stadium? <laughs> How do you call the, these names? The Banks' stadium. And one of my, one of the greatest things about having uh, living near a co-op is that co-ops stock Banks's. So you go in and I can get myself a Banks's, and I. Uh, wow. Yeah. Have, have a little bit of a, have a little bit of a reminder of home. Yeah, and it's always cheaper than anything else as well, which helps. <laughs> Banks' stadium. Final answer. Yeah, correct. Uh, question four is for £500. Uh, who, to date, is the only current Warsaw player to appear as a guest on the Best Got Beat podcast? Is it James Clark, Josh Gordon, Elijah Adebayo, or Liam Roberts? It's Josh Gordon. Final answer. That is correct. £500 in the bank. Uh, question five. Last easy one. Or last really, really easy one. Who is Warsaw's current shirt sponsor? Is it Home Serve, House Serve, Tent Serve, or Igloo Serve? <laughs> they they are terrible. There those those answers. Well, it could one hundred percent be Igloo Serve. I would home. love to see an Igloo Serve sponsor. That would be oh, wow, brilliant. But it's Home Serve. Home Serve final answer. Home Serve is correct. Right, uh, five a thousand pounds. Sorry, in the bank. Uh, question number six. Here we uh, go. This one's still a little bit easy. Like there's, there's, they get like I'm, I want you to go far, so I've made them fairly easy until toward the end. Uh, question six: What was Warsaw's first result of this current season? Was it a win, draw, a defeat, or a postponement? I'm sure you. Uh, I'm sure you know it. I do. Rob? Do you know it? 
Yes, I mean I wasn't covering it because I only came in eight games in or whatever it was. It was a uh, one 0 win over Northampton. Final answer. Final answer. Oh, well, for a second, then Rob's silence made me feel like I was wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, you're correct. It was a win. Uh, question seven. This one for four thousand pounds. Who is Walsall's current league top Scott goal scorer? Is it A. Josh Gordon, B. Elijah Adebayo, C. Keelan Lavery or D. Wes McDonald? Uh, in the league? Yeah. Ah, uh, this is. I think it's the same player, but I'm not 100% sure. You... I'd go with Josh Gordon. Josh is the top scorer in all competitions. He's on 12. Um, and I, I can't remember got, whether he's. He's got top eight of the or league nine as well. in the league. Yeah, you I think do, I th- you do have your lifelines, gents. If you do want to use them, <laughs> I think you're. Um, I think you're right. I think he's on. I think he might be on nine. And Lavery was on ten before the season was suspended, and he's scored at least two in the cups. Yeah, no, Lav- Lavery's only. I think he's only got three or four in the league. It's surprisingly much. Yeah. Sorry, there is a very loud motorbike going outside my flat. <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> uh, are you are you happy with Gordon? I'm happy with Gordon. You're right, Gordon. Final answer. Correct, Josh Gordon. Um, Do you have the numbers? Nine goals. Nine goals. Oh, smashed it. Question number eight. For £6,000, which Walsall player wears the number seven kit? Sinclair, isn't it? That's a tough one. So, there are four. Oh, you've got oh, yeah, the options. Dan Scar, Stuart Sinclair, or Josh Gordon. Sorry, say those uh, options again. You only get them once, mate. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Liam Kinsella, Dan Scar, Stuart Sinclair or Josh Gordon? Oh, it's definitely Sinclair then, because I know it's not the other three. Correct, Stuart Sinclair. Uh, £16,000. Which Walsall player was the last man to score a goal for the club before the coronavirus shut down? Was it Josh Gordon, James Clark, Rory Holden or Elijah Adebayo? I do know do you, this. What do you think? Because I know it as well, I think. It's Adebayo. I believe you're right. He, yeah. he's, he got, Exeter um, he got two against Exeter, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Final pretty, answer? Yeah, we'll go with that. Correct. Smashed it. Here we go. £32,000 now. I hope I've done the math right here. Um, <laughs> pardon me. Uh, which player currently has the highest who scored rating... On average for this season, oh. what is the who is scored rating? Yeah, it's it's the who scored rating. So it's a, a rating out of ten uh, used by the website who scored. Callum Cockrell-Monnet, Gary Liddle, Dan Scar, or Cameron Pring. Uh, Liam, this is on Tough. you because I don't even I've I don't think I've even heard of that website. Sorry, who scored? So you've got you've got you've got three lifelines. You can ask the audience. Which is basically just asking me. Uh, 50-50. Or phone a friend. You can actually phone someone up on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think the phone a friend is a, is a good idea for this one. Um, I think it might... Uh, I don't want to say who it might be. Because if we say 50-50, Luke will leave that player in there. Uh, yeah. I've already decided who I'm leaving in if it's 50-50. Okay. I'm thinking it might be Dan Scar. I would assume so because... Well, it's not Lidl. Let's, let's, just, 
Let's just rule that out. I suppose the only thing is, I think you're right, but the only thing is with Cockle Mollet as well is that it's on average. So he's had a few decent games but not played as many. So yeah. he could have a higher average. Uh, I mean, I'm happy to do 50 50. Yeah, let's go 50 50. Let's Use do it. 50 50. The remaining options are Dan Scar or Cameron Pring. Oh, I did not That's want tough. that as the. That's tough. What are you think? Because I think Scar's been more consistent than Pring, but Pring's had games where he's been. Like, a lot probably higher rated but he's also had a couple of nightmares mm. <sighs> who would you I'm prefer to go, to go with? with I'm happy to go with Dan Scar yeah let's redo it yeah go on then final answer, final answer. yeah correct Ooh. Dan Scar get in there Cameron brings second overall Dan Scar number one uh, I think it's an overall rating of 6.92 um Right, you're into big money now. So you're talking, what, £64,000? Let's do it. Uh, question 11. One of Warsaw's most memorable games of the season came against Northampton Town in February when Rory Holden banged in a late winner. But who scored Warsaw's equalising goal that day? Was it A, Josh Gordon, B, Elijah Adebayo, C, Danny Guthrie, or D, Stuart Sinclair? Say I'm that right. again, it cut out for the first two. Okay, so the options are Josh Gordon, Elijah Adebayo, Danny Guthrie, or Stuart Sinclair. I know it. Oh, it's, it's, I'm going with Guthrie. Yeah, you're right. It, it, it was his Was it the free and kick Holden's. The, it was a free kick that the keeper just completely missed, wasn't it? From the wing. Yes, it went all the way in. It was, um, it was his and Holden's, both their first goal for the club. So Danny Guthrie, final answer? Danny Guthrie. Yeah. Correct. It was Danny Guthrie. Smashed it. Um, 128 grand now. By the way, you're not getting any of this money, Mirror. I was about I was, to ask I was going to mention that, yeah. Who we bill him for it? <laughs> you can bill it to the Express and Star. Um, <laughs> on Boxing Day, Walsall beat Scunthorpe United 2 0. Who scored the club's second goal of the game? Was it Wes McDonald? Cameron Pring, Matt Sadler, or Alfie Bates? I know this one as well. You, this is you, because I, I wasn't at that game. I'm pretty certain it was Alfie Bates. How certain? Certain I'm, to list that as your final answer? I'm, oh, I'm pretty yeah, out. it was edge of the box, wasn't it? Edge of the he box. He, come, he, he arrived late and he smashed it in it. right in front of the away fans, slid on his knees in front of them. I remember it well. Final answer? Are you, are you happy with it, Rob? Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's do it, final answer. Correct. Smashing it. Twenty-eight thousand pounds in the bank. Right, two hundred fifty-six or two hundred fifty k. Um, Warsaw lost on penalties to Coventry in the EFL Trophy back in September. Which of these players missed a penalty for Warsaw that day? James Hardy, Elijah Adebayo, Gary Liddle, or Alfie Bates? I'm so glad you've put one of these names down because it's the only one I can remember who missed one. Do you, do you know, Rob? No, no. I I have no idea. I, 
my instinct is saying that it is Bates and that everyone was like, it's okay because it's Alfie Bates because any of the other three, I think, would have been absolutely hounded for it. So there was a few players who, who missed him. It was actually a pretty bad penalty shout from both teams. It was a shocker. Yeah. Um, Adebayo absolutely skied. It oh, almost yeah, cleared, he did. Oh, it yeah. almost cleared the um, it almost cleared these the, the stand. It was awful. I remember. Yeah, because he he got destroyed on Twitter after that. Yeah, absolutely skied it. And it was funny that was that Massey was still covering that game, but I went with him to uh, just like uh, just to sort of watch over. It was the just before I was taken over. Uh, yeah, Adebayo smashed it. Final answer. Final yeah. answer. Correct. Right, okay, talking massive money now. Half a mil Jeez. on offer for this question. Still two lifelines as well. Warsaw beat Morecambe back in September. Daryl Clark made two substitutions for the game. Which which of these players came on? Wes McDonald, Zach Jules, Josh Gordon or Cameron Norman? That's tough. Do you want to ask who scored? Because I know that one. <laughs> no. Um... Remember, you've got your asking your audience, which is basically asking me. That's a tough one. Um... And you've got your phone a friend. What are the options again? Where's McDonald? Zach Jules? Josh Gordon? Or Cameron Norman? <sighs> I've got a... F- hmm... I've got a feeling it might be Gordon. Because this... I've got a feeling that McDonald either started or wasn't involved at all. I was going to say, was it early enough that he was still... Yeah, he still wasn't quite... Yeah, because it was before the Scunthorpe game, I think, this game. Yeah, it was. It was the second game. So this this was my second game that I did, and it was the the first win. Uh, and I th- I'm pretty sure it was... Gordon would, was out of the favour then and it was Gaffney starting with probably, I imagine, probably Lavery if he was fit. We'll go with with Gordon then. Go on, let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's be bold and have two lifelines for the big one. Hopefully. Correct. Oh, well done. Come on. Josh Gordon was one of the players who came on. Right, question it. 15 for a mil, which you won't receive. So, basically pride. And we're sticking with the uh, the Twitter followers um, theme. Oh no! How many followers does Warsaw FC have on Twitter? No cheating, please. I I, I know this because I put it in a quiz that I did a few days ago. Oh yes! Go on, give the give the options. Is it A, eighty one point seven k? B, eighty one point eight k? C, 81.9k, or D, 82,000 followers? It's not It's not 82, and it's not 81.8. It's either 0.7 or 0.9. Hmm. Ask the audience. We might as well. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So, 50% of the audience... Say eighty one point seven. Zero say eighty one point eight. Zero say eighty two. And fifty percent say eighty one point nine. Great, that's really helpful. 
Oh yeah, I've got to help you on the final question. You still got phone a friend? Yeah, but you what are we allowed Paul? to ask them? Are we allowed you to ask, ask them the them, question? Can you go on Twitter and have a look at how many followers Paul have got? <laughs> if he happens to have Twitter open at the time, right? You know I, what? I, Hang my, fire. My gut is saying point nine, but I'm. Should we? Do you want to use phone a friend or do you want to go with it? I don't. I, I would love to just go with it, but then if it's wrong, I'm going to feel like an idiot. Right, you choose then, uh, Rob. Do we choose? Do we call Paul Giovanni or Tom Hesclop? Oh, you choose. You've got to have him on speakerphone, and you yeah. got to let him know you're on the Best Got Beat podcast. Um, e- either one, Paul or Tom. I'm, I'm. Oh, you don't want to choose now. I feel like you, uh, you don't want to offend the other one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let you make the decision of who you think's the best one to ask. Remember, if they don't pick up, that's your lifeline used. No, 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 no. Who's likely to pick up? If they don't pick up, we get to call the other one. Surely. (laughs) No, no. I'm sorry. I I mean, I'm the person who runs the quiz. Okay, you know what? Everyone, be quiet. I'm going to ring Paul. Speakerphone, please. Speakerphone, come in. Did you hear that all right? Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Hello, Paul. It's Liam. Oh, Liam, long time, eh? I know, how are you? Not bad, yourself? All good, mate, all good. Uh, you are live on the Best Got Beat podcast. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, you were live. Um, it was a choice between you and Tom. Uh, Rob from Vital couldn't choose, so um, I'd already typed your name in on my phone, so I went, I called you. Oh, so we're, we're, I know, I know. We're doing a um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire quiz we're on the final question. We've got a choice between two options, and we want to know if you can give us any help. Oh, okay. So, how many how many followers does the Warsaw FC official Twitter account have? Does it have eighty one point seven thousand or eighty one point nine thousand? Um, I know the answer to this because I'm a bit obsessed with it uh, it in. recently changed and it's annoyed me because it, it went was, down it, from 82.2 82 for a while then i noticed it, it dropped to 81.9 oh. i'm checking every day to see if it's gone back up yes so that's all i know is 81.9 okay you know what paul you've absolutely smashed it uh apologies it couldn't be a professional call but um you know sometimes i come up with these uh oh, with this these... is a professional call <laughs> as, as professional as it can be with you Leo. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> nice one cheers paul i'll catch you later yeah, that's it. Enjoy it. All right. I realised, uh, Rob. I forgot to say he wouldn't be able to hear you. By the way. Oh, brilliant! Thanks. <laughs> I've, got really he- I've got, I've got, I've got headphones in. Sorry, I realised when you were saying <laughs> it that I, uh, I didn't, I didn't make that clear. Uh, I think we've got our answer then. You've been helped out a lot there, haven't you? We- Are you going to go with his answer? Are you going to go with Paul's answer? Yeah, we trust my gut him. was my gut was point nine, and him confirm like Paul confirming it is is yeah we're going for it. Let's go for it. Final, Final answer. answer. Final answer. Correct. 81.9 thousand. Uh, a million pounds won by Rob from Vital and Liam Keane. Of course, it's just imaginary money. But I tell you <laughs> what, are you delighted? Are you delighted to be taking it home with you guys? Oh, I will be. I'm writing to uh, Judah. <laughs> he can he can afford it. Yeah, he probably could. <laughs> I'm like, look, I don't I don't care how you get the money, but me and Liam are on half a mil each at the moment. So. Half a mil each. 
You know what? It's been a, it's probably one of my my proudest days. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, Paul's gonna think we're absolutely mental, but it's uh, <laughs> it's gone it's gone well. Yeah. Congratulations, um, guys. Um, well, that just about does us. Unless 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 anyone else has anything to add, Liam, I'm looking at you. Oh, is that a hint that I was meant to add something? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you confused me then. Uh, well, no, uh, Rob, thanks for coming on. Um, uh, thanks for the, having me. The listeners, the listeners won't be aware because Luke's going to work his magic, but we had a couple uh, technical difficulties. Um, but, yeah, it was it all worked out well, so thanks for coming on, mate. I'm sure we'll, we'll have you again at some point. Yeah, it'd be great. And um, if people want to follow Luke and Liam on Twitter, then, you know, help those numbers because it's pretty depressing <laughs> <laughs> that, that well, was actually tell you good what, his chances of coming back on the podcast are dropping dramatically now D- dwindling as we speak that is yeah <laughs> it'll be I'll get, no, Rob, I'll get a message yeah, from Liam in a year or something being like you ready to come on and I'll look and be like they've got more followers than me that's that's why <laughs> yeah I can't yeah you're allowed to come on now I've, I've, I've surpassed you no Rob no, it's been great. pleasure it's been having great you on mate, mate. Absolute pleasure having you on. Really appreciate it. As always, anyone listening, if you give us a like uh, or follow us on um, on SoundCloud, that'd be great. If you could give us a review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, but from me, from Liam, and from Rob, a fond farewell. Thank you very much. <laughs>